Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Amen. If you have your Bibles, or maybe you're watching it on your phone, or you can check this out through a Bible app. Matthew chapter 15. I'll read about 10 or 11 verses to you. It's one of my favorite windows in the Scripture. I I think Jesus is at his best in all moments, but uh, this is one of those moments that I love looking at because it's instructional, uh, it's incredible, uh, it's it's inspirational, and I think it's Jesus at his best. Says this verse twenty nine: Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountain and he sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled the mute, and many others, and they laid them at his feet, and he healed them. Every type of problem, every type of pain, every type of trauma, every type of lack, they brought them to the feet of Jesus. And I love how Jesus responds. He just healed them. He didn't interview them. He didn't ask them questions. He didn't find out where the mama's from, where the daddy's from. He didn't find out what he had done in the past, what they had not done in the past. He healed them. That encourages me today. He goes on to say, Then the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the cripple made well, the lame walking, the blind seeing. And then they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said this. So this is all going on. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us it goes on for three days. Check that out. Three-day revival. Come on. We're doing a revival through this month. Could you imagine if we just said we're going to stand this three days? You ain't going home for 72 hours. You're going to keep that, that, that computer open. You're going to keep that television app open for 72 hours. We're staying right here. <laughs> There's no way we'd be able to do that. But this goes on for three days. So after three days, it says I have compassion on these people. They've been with me three days. I have nothing to eat. Nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples asked, where can we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Jesus asked a question. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. You got to love this response, church. This is amazing. And a few small fish. I love this because it's like double emphasis of how how less we have, double emphasis of what we don't have. It's a few and it's small. Not only is it small, it's just a few. Not only is it a few, it's just a few small little fish. It's amazing how God will ask us a question. God will speak something to our heart. God will put something in front of us. And we want to tell God how we can't do it, how that can't happen, how my life can never be that. My family can never turn around. Our church can never step up to that. We can never be what we need to be during COVID. We have no solution for the racial pain around. Lord, there's so many reasons why we can't be involved. We can't make a difference. But that's not what the Lord's looking for. He's just looking for what do you have? Single mom, what do you have, blended family? What do you have, dad? What do you have, teenager? What do you have? Even you that are hurting. Maybe you're fighting an addiction right now. Maybe there's a struggle in your life. You want to tell God all the time, all the reasons why he can't help you. But he says to you and I, what do you have? I'm going to work with what you got. I love as we read this, the story. Seven, they replied, a few small fish. He told the crowd, but then sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and those few fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them, gave them to his disciples. They in turn 
gave them to the people. Look at this. They all ate. Well, that's a good phrase. They all ate. Satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. That's interesting. The number of those who ate, 4,000 men, not even going to count the women, can't even count them kids. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went to the next vicinity of Magdalene. What an incredible story. I love this story. There's so many things about it. When I read it, it makes me lean in with spiritual eyes because there are, it's an amazing scene. There's the place that they're at. They're outside. Have you ever been to an outdoor meeting? We've been seeing outdoor meetings across the country with some church plants and some other churches. Uh, we planted about 915 churches over the last 20 years, so you see all different expressions right now. They're outside. The other thing I love about is it's full of people, all kinds of people. I mean, all kinds of people are showing up in those three days. There, there, there's, there's people that, that, that you wouldn't want there. There's people that you don't even know. There's people that are like you, and there's people that are not like you. And then uh, I love the, the, the amazing compassion that Jesus displays. He just goes all out compassion. You know, one of the definitions that I saw on compassion, which I think is important for the day that we're living right now, to understand, to listen, to be there for hurting, to be there for people that are around us, to have unity and not have division. Compassion is when I allow your pain into my heart. Think about that. Maybe that's race. Maybe that's gender. Maybe that's experience. Maybe that's tragedy. I'm going to allow your pain in my heart. So Jesus had super compassion. The other thing you see right here is you see power and you see provision. You see the power of God at work, but not only is it just power to heal bodies, there's provision even for the practical needs. That's why you're giving out food. That's why you're helping those in the nursing home. That's why we, we're faithful in our tithe. We're faithful in our, well, we need to make a difference in other people's life. Not only are we spiritual, but we're going to serve the least. Not only are we going to worship, but we're going to give God our works. Not only are we going to give him our heart, we're going to give him our hands and our feet. All these things are happening. And then I'll tell you the other thing I think is amazing. I love the involvement that Jesus allows the disciples to get involved. He gives them an opportunity to touch the bread, to touch the fish, to distribute among the people. They're a part of the relay of power. I think it's amazing. And I'll tell you something else that I love. I love the cooperation. Everybody's cooperating with Jesus. You know, my wife and I, we have three children. It's always better when all the kids are cooperating with the vision of the home. It's always better when, when everybody's cooperating on where we're going to eat, uh, how we're how we going to get the house cleaned up. You know, when we're on vacation, come on Orlando, shout out, got to come back. All these things, when we're, when we're all cooperating on vacation. How many knows it makes the vacation, and everyone's cooperating. They're sitting down. They're in rows. The disciples are, are, are distributing all these amazing things are happening. I'll tell you the other thing that I love, which is the last thing. I love how it's such an inviting spirit. I love how the disciples are, have been invited to participate. I love how Jesus is inviting people to dine at his table and, and, and all that is happening. And he's given the disciples an opportunity to have an up-close experience. He's given them the best seat in the house to experience it's one of the things I love about maybe leading a small group or being on a team or being able to serve in ministry is I get to have a front row seat. I get to have a floor seat. I get to have the best seat in the house watching God change lives. 
You've seen that of City of Life all these years, lives that are changed, marriages that are restored, people that are struggling with addiction, all this pain, all this brokenness, all this hurt. You see God work in someone's life. It's one of the greatest things. I know that's the heart of your pastors. If you were to have dinner with your pastors tonight and ask them what's one of the greatest things they love about being your pastor and being a part of what God is doing at City of Life, they would say watching people's lives change. Watching people get an invitation of grace, saying yes to Jesus like we're going to do at the end of this, where you're going to be able to raise your hand and we're going to be able to type, I need Jesus, into the chat. All these things to watch a life change. Have a floor seat on it. I grew up loving basketball. Just love basketball. So I played a little bit in high school, played a little bit in middle school. My senior year did well. Took a year off, played a lot of ball. Ended up going to Bible college, started playing basketball in Bible college. And uh, we, we had a little team and, and we'd go out and play some junior colleges and then we would play in some, in some correctional facilities. And let me tell you something, there's some ball players in some correctional facilities. And, and we'd play and man, I, I loved it, enjoyed it. Then you know, I had a son and my son played ball, played some AAU, played some high school, he's older now. And, and so we enjoyed it, but we were living in Baton Rouge. And so a couple of times we, we, we'd go down to see the Hornets, or they're now the Pelicans. And so we'd go see the games, and, and, and we'd go to them cheap seats. You know what I'm talking about? I've been nosebleed. I ain't paying no money. Y'all know what I'm talking about with the magic? I, I ain't paying no money. I'm going to sit up here in the, in the cheap seats. And I, I had a friend of mine who was a, a successful businessman, and I'd go to a Bible study at his work, and he knew I loved the game. And so one, one time the, the Hornets uh, made the playoffs, and they were playing the Lakers. Come on, Laker Nation all over the place. And, and, and we, 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 I, got, I got excited. He said, come by. My secretary is going to give you the tickets. So me and my son get in my car. We go get the tickets. They're in an envelope. I put them in my pocket. I go across Pontchartrain. And I go into New Orleans. Walk into the arena. I don't even look at the I just hand them to the usher in New Orleans. We call them ushers. Hand them to the usher. And, and, and she looks. She says, oh, no, no, you're not. I, I automatically, think about church. I automatically go up to where I normally sit. She says, no, 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 no. You're lower. So I find some steps and we go down lower, go the escalator, go lower, get to another place. The lady stops, I hand her the tickets. Uh, she says, oh, no, no, no. You need to take the elevator to the ground floor. What? I didn't know there was an elevator in that place. So I take the elevator to the ground floor. I come outside. Man, there's like food. There's a jazz band. I see the players going out to a, a little tunnel. I've I never been down there before. I, I, usher sees me, brings me over. There's a security guard. There's another usher. And I, hand, I, I still not seen the tickets. Hand them the tickets. They said, oh, no. Ooh, she, she says, come with me. You're on the floor. Think about that. You're on the floor. I, didn't, I walk out on that floor. I'm a ball player. Man, I've been around basketball. My son's, he's like 11 years old. He's going crazy. Man, I, I, can't, man, I hear sneakers squeaking. I go over. I have floor seats. Oh, yeah, floor seats. It's the Lakers. It's the Pelicans. Kobe's playing. Come on, R.I.P. Kobe. And I see Kobe. Kobe! Ah! Couldn't believe it. The game. Tip off. The view. A premium view. Best seats in the house. They're so fast, they play so well, tall, strong. The, the view of the game was incredible. I get done with the game, I don't want to leave. Me and my son just sitting there in the residue of four seats. 
Finally, we leave. We get in the car. We get back in the, in the vehicle. We're going back across Pontchartrain to Baton Rouge. My son falls asleep in the back seat. I remember those tickets in my pocket. And I remember I pulled them tickets out. I've I, I not even seen them. I look at them, and I see the face value for those floor seats. Hey, $1,250 each for the floor seats. Now, don't act like that ain't a lot of money. Some of you are like, okay, you didn't even flinch. That's a lot of money. $2,500 that man gave us in floor seats. I had two thoughts. Number one, I'm going to pastor that man the rest of my life. I ain't never not going to pastor him. I'm still pastoring that man. Here's the second thought I had. Premium view, premium price. Premium view, premium price. All the view. You know what happened to me? Your pastor knows this. Many of you know this. You have a floor seat. God changing your life, forgiving you of a sin, helping you, walking with you. Many of you, God has walked with you through COVID. Many of you right now, you've navigated pain in your own life. Maybe you've been overlooked. Maybe you've been marginalized. Maybe because of a situation you've, or, or some, some something, you've had a reduced opportunity. But you've seen God be with you. You've seen God show up. You've seen God help you, restore you, do a work in your life. You get ruined by it, church. It messes you up. When you get a view like that, when you, it, it, I, I, I've never been able to go back to a game, no matter where I sit, my point of reference, and you know how this works, my point of reference are the floor seats. I still tell people, yeah, I remember back Kobe Band beat the Pel I was sitting right there, look at that, Jay-Z in my seat. He's sitting in my seat right now. I was sitting in that seat. Everything goes back to that because that view ruined me. Say, so what does that got to do with church? What's that got to do with COVID? What's that got to do with City of Life? What's that got to do with Revival Sunday? It's got everything to do with it because I believe in God that God Almighty is going to give us a front row seat, a floor seat on grace and mercy, and it's going to change us, and it's going to transform us, and we're never going to want to go back to what we used to be. We never want to go back to the cheap seats, but we want to be willing to pay the premium price to have a front row seat in what God wants to do in the world today. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for your church. I prayed for City of Life. I prayed for your pastors. I prayed as I prepared to be with you today. I, I prayed, God, move our church. Move our church from the back row. Move our church from the side rows. Move our church from... Any cheap seats, non-commitment of not giving, of just being a consumer, being a complainer. <laughs> you know that person who points out all the problems but never is a part of the solution. God, move us from there. Move us from just having spiritual talk. Move us to the front row of hurting humanity. Hurting humanity. That is my prayer. That's the revival that I want to see happen in my own life. That's the revival that I'm praying for in my family.
And the way I see the world right now with all of the chaos and all of the confusion and all of the hurt and all of the challenge and all of the fear and all of the uncertainty, God, move me to the front row. Because I don't want to live with a vision of life from that cheap seat. Because you know this, God wants to move you to the front row. What's happening in your kids' lives? God wants to move you to the front row. What's happening in your marriage? I'm just praying in all areas that God would give us those four seats. Like he did the disciples in Matthew chapter 15. He took those disciples who all they saw is they didn't have much. He took those disciples who saw a big need and a big crowd and, 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 and lack and, and struggle and, and they didn't know what to do. And he, he brought them into the floor, gave them floor seats and said, here, you, let, let, I'm going to bless this and, and I'm going to put it in your hand and you're going to hand it to the people. Somewhere between my hand and your hand and their hand, power is going to show up. Power along the way, and I believe in God that for every one of you right now. Some of you are not seeing something, some of you are not feeling something, but I believe it's somewhere between the hand of God and the heart of God, and somewhere between your life and the need that you have, and the thing that's facing you with school, and the thing that's facing you with job, and the thing that's facing you with the Christmas season, and all the things that are in front of us. God, give me power along the way. That's my prayer. Now, I wrote down a few things because. I do like bringing a little application. I think it helps you. There are small groups. It helps us on a team. It helps us to be everything that God wants. It helps us to live the life that God intended even during these times. I've had to tell myself over and over again, it's not by accident. God is not surprised. I'm supposed to be living in these moments with my wife, Delenn, my three children, and my son-in-law, and, and, and being able to serve pastors and being able to be a part of outreach and being there for the homeless and the hurting. Lord, it, 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 you're not made an accident. I'm supposed to be alive right now, but I wrote down three applications. Here's the first one. About these floor seats and these revival Sunday. Here's the first thing. Is there something about you there's something about you that you can lift someone else up. I'm telling you that. I think God wants to move you to a floor seat, not a cheap seat. Because there's something about you and, and the way that you, you, what you've gone through, what you've experienced, there's just something about you and you can lift up someone else. Your uniqueness. You have much to offer. You have so much to offer. Your story your struggle, hey, how you've navigated a storm, how you've walked through something, how you've just, you've just endured uh, the, the success and the failure, hey, the mountain and the valley, there's just something about you, there's, there's something about your life and the way you love people and, and the way you've learned some things, you can lift up. God is bringing you to the front row. God is placing your church on the, on, in a floor seat of hurting humanity, what's happening in the world today. We're not running away. All the things that you do culturally with entertainment and with music and with creativity, God has gifted your pastor. He's moved you to a floor seat. Why? Because there's something unique about you. You can lift up somebody. Maybe they've fallen Maybe they've given up. Maybe they've lost hope. God has you in their life to say, don't give up. I remember what it was like when I was dealing with that mental health. I remember what it was like when I was struggling with alcoholism. I remember what it was like when I was dealing with that addiction. I remember what it was like when someone walked out of my life. Those things. There's something about you. I can't say it enough. 
you lift up somebody else. It's just a fact. You know, the enemy of our soul, the devil that comes against all of us. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're, you're by yourself. Maybe with your family. He's, the devil's, he, he, he tells us constantly what we're not. He tells us constantly what we used to be. And so he's constantly trying to let us know how little we have to offer. We can't be on a team, can't lead a small group, can't make a difference in your workplace. You can't impact that campus. You're not on purpose. He's constantly telling us what we're not. What's amazing to me, and I think that's why it's so important to be in this Bible, is the Bible tells you what you are, what you are in Christ. I'm gonna say it one more time because you're tired of me hearing it. You're tired of hearing it from the floor seat. There's something about you that you can lift up someone else. Here's the second thing. There's something that you can possess. There's something you possess that can bless somebody else. There's just something you possess that can bless somebody else. I don't know if it's putting your talent in circulation. I don't know if it's putting your touch or the way you, you feel about things, the way you respond to people in circulation. Could be those finances, your tithe, your treasure in circulation, your time, your, your energy, your, your skill, the way God made you, your experience. You put it in circulation. You don't hide it. We don't be a secret service Christian. Don't nobody know we're there in the workplace, in the neighborhood, during COVID. But I just believe with all of my heart with one of the reasons why you have a front row seat, you have a floor seat, is there something you possess you can bless someone else? You know, I never understood giving. I, I, again, I was not raised in church and I showed up at a little church in Myrtle Beach after I came to Christ. And I had one of them strong pastors, man. He confronted me, 19 years old. <laughs> he confronted me and he, he dealt with me about giving. I'm 19 years old. He stopped me one time in the foyer of the church. One of the 75 people in the church, a little small church. He stopped me in the foyer of the church. He loved me enough to tell me the truth. I've been going to church three months. I've been, I've been sitting a lot, but he, I think he knew it was time for me to serve. And he looked at me and said, Dino, you're not giving to God. I said, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I give a dollar. I give five dollars, whatever. It's not, that's, not, that's not the amount. He said, no, no, you're tipping God. You're not tithing. You're not putting God first in your life as, as it relates to finances. 19 years old. I never heard of that in my life. I'd heard crazy stories. I didn't know what the church wanted, what preachers wanted. I didn't know anything. He told me, he taught me the principle of first. Put God first. Give him the first of your day. Give him the first of your life. Give him the first of your finances, your first fruit. And at 19 years old, I can remember the first offering I ever gave. We had a missionary come to China. I'd gotten paid that week. A couple weeks after my pastor talked to me, and I came to church that week and I I felt I had some cash money in my pocket. I remember my heart beating because it was time for me to give. And not only did God speak to me about giving the tithe, God, God spoke to me about giving over and above. Matter of fact, the Lord spoke to my heart that night, the first time I ever gave. I gave everything I had in my pocket. Not because I was trying to get something, not because it was about me. It was because I wanted to worship God with the first. And I remember this lady got up and talked about Bibles in China and something moved my heart. I had all these Bibles and I was, I was a young Christian, but I, I thought about those who did not have scriptures. She told me stories in our church that night about whole villages that did not have Bibles. They had one page of scripture or, or one, one village that had this, the New Testament, and didn't have the Old Testament. For $10, we could bring a Bible. And as that container came down the aisle, or maybe we, we talk about online now, uh, opportunity. I remember reaching in my pocket and taking everything I had put in that container as 
It went by me. I felt like those little dollar bills got up on the side of that container and said, we're going to China. I was like, I'll see you later. Bibles to China. I'm in a church now called Church of the Highlands. And every year we give hundreds of thousands of dollars to scripture engagement in China. Wow. I'm over to the missions. I get to be a part of it. I get to help direct that in this amazing church. Generous church like you. Who would have, who would have thought? Wow. When God moves you to the front row and you get a floor seat, grace, forgiveness, mercy, give God a chance. There's something you possess that can bless someone else. And then the last thing I'll finish with this. There's something about the way you serve that will impact someone's eternity. There's something about the way that you serve that could impact someone's eternity. You know, we hear a lot of talk about being spiritual. Yeah, we need to be spiritual. You know, it's amazing to me though. We're not spiritual and we don't do spiritual talk. Be spiritual. Just to impress people. That's not that's gonna help nobody. We're spiritual. We're in love with Jesus. We're trying to figure out our own path in God so that we can influence. And I think the greatest way to influence in the world that we're living in today is to serve. Nothing, nothing greater, nothing less, nothing above, nothing beyond. <laughs> it's interesting when we get to heaven, we'll just be all known as a servant. He's going to say, Dino, preacher, pastor, church builder. No, no. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what he's going to call your pastors, your worship leaders. Can you hear my heart? God wants to give you a floor seat. You don't have to live on the back row because of what you've done. You don't have to hide out in the shadow because of a chapter of your life. You don't have to go sneak out into corners because of what happened, what went on, what somebody thinks about you. No, 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 no. Grace and mercy, grace and mercy, truth, love. He brings you to the floor seat. Like those disciples who were doubting, who didn't know anything. He gave them a floor seat. And he says this, there's something about the way you, you serve that will impact somebody else's eternity. Think about that. You mean to tell me, Jesus, I can be faithful in my tithe? I could be on a team and do outreach. I could be kind to those around me. I could help the poor. I could be there for the broken. I could cook a meal. I could give somebody a ride. I could build a, a wheelchair ramp for somebody. I could, I could go to a nursing home. I could write a card. I could, you know, I, could, I could pack a backpack. I could do all these. I could be a part of that as a church. You need to tell me from that, it can impact someone else's eternity. Yes, it can. So how do you know that? Because it did me. I'm just living and working at the beach in a church I've never been to. People I've never met did an outreach. They gave out snow cones on the beach. They talked to me about the love of God, that there was something about the way they said it. There was something about their kindness. There was something about their attention. There was something about they, the way they listened to me. And I didn't even say yes to Jesus that day. He looked at me and said, are you ready to receive Christ? I said, not today. He said, it's okay. He said, one day you will. 
And he handed me a little piece of paper that had God's plan for my life on it, a little prayer. He blessed, he served, he gave. I prayed a prayer on the back of a sheet of a paper that's Jesus into my heart, June the 21st, 1982, from a church I've never been to, people I don't know. And today, I'm in Revival Sunday, City of Life. It's Pastor Jeff, the team. There's somebody, there's something about you. There's something you have, there's something you possess. There's some way that you can serve that will impact someone else's trajectory. In eternity. Amen. It's the heart of our church. And I believe there's never been a time like today for you and I to be those people. Hey, let's be those people. Let's be that church. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.